Hi everyone, this is Nurse Anna from NurseStudy.net and today we're going to be speaking about pneumonia. This website is not intended to provide medical advice. The articles on this website are intended for entertainment or educational value only. While we strive to offer 100% accuracy, medical procedures are rapidly changing and laws vary greatly from location. Pneumonia is an infection of the lungs that can be caused by bacteria, fungi, or viruses. It involves the inflammation of the air sacs called alveoli. When inflamed, the air sacs may produce fluid or pus, which cause a productive cough and difficulty breathing. Pneumonia can be mild, but can also be fatal if left untreated. Severe pneumonia can be life-threatening for patients who are very young, very old, and even if they're immunocompromised, meaning that they have cancer or if they're a COPD patient. Some of the signs and symptoms of pneumonia would be a productive cough. Viral pneumonia may present as a dry cough at first, so just make a little note of that. Also, we would see shortness of breath, tachypnea, which is rapid breathing, tachycardia, which is a fast heartbeat, fever, exhaustion or tiredness, myalgia, another word for muscle pain, headaches, chills, even nausea. There are several causes of pneumonia. And one would be community-acquired pneumonia. This is a type of pneumonia refers to getting an infection at home, in the workplace, in school, or other places outside a hospital or care facility. There is also hospital-acquired pneumonia, also called nosocomial pneumonia. This type of pneumonia originates from being in the hospital or care facility. Hospital-acquired pneumonia may be due to an infected tracheostomy tube, a weakened immune system, an infected breathing machine, meaning a ventilator. And speaking of which, there is ventilator-associated pneumonia and it's one of the subtypes of hospital-acquired pneumonia. The bacteria causing hospital-acquired pneumonia may be antibiotic-resistant, rendering the disease more difficult to treat than community-acquired pneumonia. Now let's talk about bacterial pneumonia. This type of pneumonia can spread through droplet transmission. That is, when an infected person sneezes or coughs and the other person breathes the air droplets through the nasal or oral airways. Streptococcus pneumonia is, is the cause of agent for most causes of adult community-acquired pneumonia. Other bacteria that can cause pneumonia include H. influenza, mycoplasma pneumonia, legionella pneumonia, and chlamydia pneumonia. A less severe form of bacterial pneumonia is called walking or atypical pneumonia, in which the symptoms are very mild and the infected person can do his or her activities of daily living as normal. Viral pneumonia. Viruses such as RSV, which is a common cause in infants age one and below. Flu and cold viruses can cause viral pneumonia, which is the second most common type of pneumonia. With viral pneumonia, it does not respond to antibiotics. Therefore, the management is focused on symptom control and may also include the use of an antiviral drug. Then we have fungal pneumonia. Now, immunocompromised patients are more susceptible to fungal pneumonia than healthy individuals. Fungal pneumonia is caused by inhaling fungal spores that come from dust, soil, and droppings from rodents, bats, birds, and other animals. Now we're going to look at some complications of pneumonia. One would be pleural effusion. If left untreated, pneumonia may cause excessive fluid buildup in the pleural cavity, which is the space between the lungs and the chest cavity. The fluid may also contain a pathogen leading to pleuritis. Another complication would be bacteremia. 
the bacteria may enter the bloodstream and cause bacteremia, sepsis, and organ failure. Another complication could be trouble sleeping. Coughing and difficulty breathing may cause insomnia and difficulty to fall asleep. Some patients require to be attached to a breathing machine that allows the healing of the lungs. And finally, we can have the complication of a lung abscess. And this is where pockets of pus may form inside the lungs or on their outer layers. So for a diagnosis of pneumonia, well, we're going to look at a physical examination of vital signs, fever, tachypnea, tachycardia, and decreased oxygen saturation levels would most likely be there. Blood tests. We're looking at elevated white counts. This could be a sign of an ongoing infection, maybe even a sputum culture to determine the causative agent. We could also anticipate a chest x-ray to determine if there's an active infection and its severity. Bronchoscopy to check the blockage of the airway. A CT scan could give us a more detailed lung imaging. Um, we could even do an ABG or an arterial blood gas. And that's using an arterial blood sample to measure the oxygen level. And finally, it's very rare, but you could probably see maybe a, a pleural fluid culture. And that's actually taking some pleural fluid by inserting a needle between the pleural cavity and the ribs in order to determine a causative agent. So now we're going to look at some treatments for pneumonia. Um, in the textbooks, it'll say that, you know, an antibiotic is determined after a sputum culture result is obtained. And then um, if they don't get any better, they change the, the antibiotic. But it's really not uh, a rarity that, you know, once we've determined we have a pneumonia on a patient, especially in the ER, we're going to go ahead and start an antibiotic. And we still do this, the blood cultures, you know, before giving the antibiotic. And then what will happen is once those cultures are back, because those take a few days to grow, and if needed, we'll change the antibiotic at that point. Another form of treatment would be cough suppressants. And this would be to help alleviate the cough and allow the patient to rest. Um, cough suppressants are usually given at very low doses. Um, another thing we would be doing is giving fever reducers and pain relievers, medications such as, you know, ibuprofen and Tylenol or acetaminophen to help lower the body temperature and alleviate discomfort. So most of our articles have a lot of nursing care plans, ranging from two to five care plans uh, per diagnosis. So feel free to visit us at nursestudy.net. Just go to the search box, type in your diagnosis, and the care plans should come up uh, with that small article. For pneumonia, one of the sample care plans that we have on this article would be nursing diagnosis would be hyperthermia related to disease process of bacteria pneumonia as evidenced by a temperature of 38.5 degrees Celsius, rapid and shallow breathing, flushed skin, and profuse sweating. Our desired outcome would be within four hours of nursing interventions, the patient will have a stabilized temperature within the normal range. Intervention, assess the patient's vital signs at least every four hours. Rationale, to assist in creating an accurate diagnosis and monitor effectiveness of medical treatment, particularly the antibiotics and fever-reducing drugs that have been administered. Intervention, remove excessive clothing, blankets, and linens. Adjust the room temperature. Rationale, to regulate the temperature of the environment, make it more comfortable for the patient. Intervention, Administer the prescribed antibiotic and antipyretic medications. Rationale, use the antibiotic to treat bacteria pneumonia, which is the underlying cause of the patient's hyperthermia. 
use of fever-reducing medication to stimulate the hypothalamus and normalize the body temperature. Intervention. Offer a tepid sponge bath. Rationale. To facilitate the body in cooling down and provide comfort. Intervention. Elevate the head of the bed. Rationale. Head elevation helps improve the expansion of the lungs, enabling the patient to breathe more effectively. This concludes our presentation on pneumonia and NCLEX review. This is Nurse Anna from NurseStudy.net. Please visit NurseStudy.net for more care plans, practice exams, and study guides. Have a great weekend.